Welcome to the International Family Church Podcast. This is our final part in our four-part series, Saved People Serve People. To catch up on the series and other archived series, check out intlfamilychurch.com. If you missed our Family Matters event, we recently added a resource page on our website, which includes this year and previous year's teachings. Learn about marriage, finances, communication, and much more on our page. The Life Group Leader Orientation is coming up on Sunday, July 22nd. Attend one of our meetings at the end of each service in the cafe. It's your opportunity to discover your purpose and use your gifts and passions to help others grow. Don't miss the Life Group Leader Orientation Sunday, July 22nd, right after service in the cafe. Now here's today's message. Let's pray. Let's get started with God's Word today. Father, we honor you today. We're grateful for your this privilege of being able to serve you. Thank you, Father God, for your word. It's about to go forth. Thank you for this series. I believe, Lord God, that's it's informing us, it's changing us, it's equipping us, it's inspiring us, it's challenging us. And I believe today, Father God, that as we close off this series, that you'll you'll end it with such a note that will get deep inside of our hearts today, transform us from the inside out. Thank you for this opportunity. We give you all the honor, all the glory and praise for what you're doing in our midst, in our church, in our lives. What a great day to be alive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We are on the fourth part of our series entitled Save People, Serve People. Save People, Serve People. It just so happens that today um, when all of our dream team come together and they they do a huddle before service starts and and each of us go through uh, one of our core values. This was core value number six today. I think it's great that it worked out on this weekend. Save people, serve people. It's something that means a lot to us. It's something that we value greatly. It's not just a message. It's a lifestyle. And uh, I pray that this series has helped you. Uh, in, in part one, we talked about why Jesus came. He came, the Bible says, that Jesus came to serve and not be served. Then in part two, we talked about why we're here. Why are we here? And we told you that the value of our life is not found in its duration, but is found in its donation, what we give back, what we give to other people. It's a powerful statement. Last week, Pastor Tom did a great job uh, talking about a servant's heart. Didn't Pastor Tom do awesome last week? Yeah, thank you, Pastor Tom, for blessing us like you did. What a great communicator he is. Now, today I want to talk to you about beyond these walls. Beyond these walls. If you have your Bibles or your favorite digital device, let's turn over there to Genesis chapter 49. We're going to read a story there. We're going to read about a man named Jacob. Uh, You might wonder, who's Jacob? Well, Jacob was the grandson of Abraham. And uh, Abraham was a Hebrew patriarch where all the Jews trace their descent and ultimately where we as Christians realize that Abraham is the, uh, is the father of our faith. Jacob was a wealthy, influential man who had 12 sons. Here in Genesis 49, Jacob is old at this part of his life. He's on his deathbed and he begins to prophetically bless his 12 sons. We're going to read about the blessing he read over his next to youngest son, Joseph. And we read what he declared, what his father prophetically declared over Joseph's life in verse 22. And it really is going to be a, a great application to where we are today and what we are in the midst of. 
Genesis 49, 22-24 says, Joseph is like a grapevine that produces much fruit. A healthy vine, watered by a spring or by a well, whose branches grow over the wall. Archers attack him violently and shoot at him angrily, but he aims his bow well. His arms are made strong. He gets his power from the mighty God of Jacob and his strength from the shepherd, the rock of Israel. Wow, what a prophetic blessing over him. Which leads us to our big takeaway today. Here's our one main point I want you to go home with today. The joy of living for Jesus is not just going to church. It's when we get so full of living water that we can't help but share our joy with others. Wow, that's going to be powerful. And we're going to unpack that today to help you understand. So the picture that Jacob paints of Joseph's future is one of a bountiful, thriving, prosperous, walled-in garden next to a well. His garden is so lush and so fruitful that its branches go over the wall to bless those in the neighboring area. Jacob mentions the hatred and mistreatment that Jacob would encounter, that Joseph would encounter, and accurately prophesies that Joseph's ability to really stand the test of time through his trial to be faithful to God will be very much evident. As a teenager, Joseph had two dreams. He had two dreams that radically changed his life. And because these dreams so overwhelmed him and so got his attention, he began to share his dreams with his brothers. If you know the story, you know that wasn't very smart, was it? Joseph got in a lot of trouble. His brothers didn't like him already. They hated him already because it was obvious he was their father's favorite. And the more he shared his dreams, the angrier they became. They hated him all the more. A side note. I've learned over the years not to share my dreams prematurely. I've shared over the years not to share my dreams with non-dreamers. It doesn't always turn out so well. Ever done that? Ever been so full of something God shared with you, so full about a direction you know you're supposed to go, and you shared it with the wrong people like they were a wet blanket, like, what's the big deal? And you thought, well, maybe there's no big deal. Are you sure to people that never encouraged you? Because they weren't dreamers. They don't know how to dream. Man, I'm a dreamer. I don't share my dreams with non-dreamers. Been there, done that. It didn't work out so well. Amen. But I've learned that there's a season to share your dreams. And then there's a season to share those dreams with other dreamers who dream along with you, who know how to encourage you, who know how to come alongside and say, now you go do it, right? While Joseph wasn't in that environment. In fact, they hated him so bad that they plotted to kill him. Then they finally said, no, let's don't kill him. Let's just sell him. (laughs) So they sold him into slavery, and he became a refugee in Egypt. My goodness, a refugee in Egypt. He was around 17 years old at the time. Then over the next 13 years, he endured hatred, rejection, false accusations of rape, imprisonment, being forgotten, unfulfilled promises. 13 years, he had to deal with bitterness, disappointment, discouragement. 
13 years, he had to deal with the fact that, man, he was away from his family. He was in a foreign country, and he was in a place that was, what? I, I just had a dream, and look where I am. I, I, I felt like I heard from God, and look what I'm dealing with, overwhelmed in his situation. And, and, but thank God, he kept believing. Thank God he kept standing. Thank God he wouldn't let go. Thank God he stayed the course. Thank God he held on to his dream. He held on to what God spoke to him. And he would not let go of God's purpose and plan for his life. Amen. And he was 30 years old when finally he got promoted. And he got promoted to be the second in command to the Pharaoh himself, the king of Egypt. But then it took another 11 years for him to finally walk in the fulfillment of all that God had promised him, what he knew the dream was in his heart. Over 24 years, he believed. Over 24 years, he stood. Over 24 years, he refused to let it go. He refused to be discouraged. He refused to allow his circumstances, his very own brothers, his very own family. I mean, on and on, you can imagine the feelings and the emotions that he went through. He would not back down. In the verses that follow, Joseph is given a blessing, a blessing from his father. Jacob promises greater blessing on Joseph than on his brothers, and that, that, that Joseph's blessing was all because that he would be the man who would reach beyond his walls. It says this in chapter 49 of Genesis 25. His father spoke this over him. Your father God helps you. God Almighty blesses you. He blesses you with rain from above, with water from springs below, with many babies born to your wives and many young ones born to your family the blessing all over his family, his household. The blessings of your father are greater than the blessings of the oldest mountains. Talking about his ancestry. Greater than the good things of the long-lasting hills. May these blessings rest on your head, Joseph, on the forehead of the one who was separated from his brothers. Wow. See, Joseph didn't keep the blessings of his garden to himself. He didn't keep the blessing of his garden inside of his walls. Instead, he reached out and he met the needs of others. Joseph's, Jacob's prophecy over Joseph was right on. When famine struck Egypt and the surrounding areas, Joseph provided food for his own brothers that initially sold him into slavery. He provided food for the king's wife who falsely accused him of rape. He provided food for the king who imprisoned him even though he was innocent. All the people would have died in famine if it not, was not for Joseph fulfilling a portion of the dream God gave him, amen, and extended his blessing beyond his walls, beyond his own confinement, beyond where he was, beyond his own trial, beyond his own inability to produce result at certain times of his life. So beyond all of that, Joseph was able to be this amazing blessing. God used his, glyph, his gift, and his gift went beyond his walls to bless others. Others who had nothing to offer him. Others who didn't deserve his help. Others, uh, he shared his blessing 
messing with people that, that didn't care about him, but he shared his blessing anyways. That's amazing to me. See, the well in this story, the spring in this story represents Jesus Christ, the living water. When we find living water, he changes us. Amen. See, living water is Jesus. And when living water lives on the inside of you, it brings you joy. It changes you. Amen. Jesus turns your life around and makes it new. And he generously showers you um, with abundant blessing. In fact, John 7, 38 says, Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Hallelujah. Do you realize you have living water in you today? As a child of God, as someone who said yes to Jesus, you have living water on the inside of you. You do. Living water that produces joy. Living water that produces life. Living water that blesses you. And the question for us today, are we sharing what we have beyond these walls? See, beyond these walls are people that are lost. People don't know that Jesus wants to rescue them. Beyond these walls are broken people, people that are lost, people that are bound, people that are hurting, people that are suicidal, people that, that think that this is all there is to life. Right beyond these walls in our neighborhoods, right beyond your walls in your neighborhood, man, there are people that need living water, that need the joy you have, that need the blessings that are represented in your life. Joseph? Because you are willing to bless others, I'll see to it that you and your family will be overtaken by the blessings of God. Joseph, because you refused to sit around, amen, your well and draw from it all you need for yourself, because you refused to say, hey, it's my turn now. I went through the pain. I went through the struggle. I went through the rejection. Now it's my turn. I want all this for myself. Because you didn't, and because you allowed your vineyard, your fruitful vine, your fruitful self to go over the wall, I will make sure you're always blessed. That's an amazing story today. Think about that today. Joseph, your vine was so fruitful that they grew over the wall. What's the vine represent? The vine represents your joy. The vine represents your overflow. The vine represents your passions. The vine represents your thoughtfulness. The vine represents your gifts. Amen. Who you are as a person. It means it represents your gifts of kindness, your acts of kindness. It represents a lifeline. It represents a sacrifice often of service when you don't feel like it, when you're in pain, when you're suffering. When you're not doing well, amen, sometimes the best thing you can do when you're going through the worst time of your life is throw a vine over your wall. Amen. Isn't that the truth? I'm reminded, and others reminded me after the first service when Verna was in the hospital, um, and she came so close to death with double lung uh, blocks in her lungs and other things. This was her body was breaking down, and finally she just had enough. And I, I remember her saying she got herself up, and she tied her, that Johnny nice and tight, and she began to visit people in the hallway. And began to go into other people's rooms and knock on their doors. Here she was so close to death and she said, I can't just think about myself. Even in a hospital, she threw a vine over the wall. Wow. That's impressive. 
And I know many of us understand the value of that. Many of us realize that, but others still don't get it. Joseph found a well that watered his life, found a well that refreshed and restored his soul, amen, and he wouldn't keep it to himself. He made sure it went beyond his walls, amen. Think about it this morning. What happened to you when you found living water? What happened to you when you found Jesus? Man, it changed us, didn't it, from the inside out? Man, we were so consumed with ourselves. We were so consumed with just me, my world, and, and my comfort, and, and my needs. And, and suddenly, man, life began to look big and large, and joy came where there was sadness and discouragement and depression. Life changed, didn't it? I know it did for me. It changed me. It transformed me. It made me think so differently. It made me realize how big the world was and how awesome God was to me and made me so grateful and made me so thankful for all that God has done in my life. Yet so often, though, we come to church, and if we're not careful, we'll just come to put in our time. 70 minutes. I'm done. We hear a sermon and then another message, and then another message, and then another message. And if we're not careful, we can leave beyond these walls and never allow what we heard to change us, to rearrange us, to captivate us, to motivate us, to transform us. If we're not careful, we'll just come just because that's the thing to do on a Sunday morning and not allow what we hear, not allow the words that we worship and the songs that we sing to change us from the inside out. See, I pray regularly, Lord, I don't want to be just an informational communicator. Lord, I don't just want to be an inspirational communicator. Now, I believe in giving information, and I believe it's important that you receive inspiration. But I pray all the time, Lord, I want to be a transformational communicator. I pray this morning, God, that this message would transform people's lives. That today, this message will be a, a, a vine of living water that will be thrown over the wall into somebody's heart today. A vine of living water that will go over the wall into somebody's failing marriage today. A vine of living water that will go into the broken soul of somebody's life today. Somebody that's crying out. Somebody that's on their last leg. Lord, I pray, and even those that are watching online, I pray that this, this word today will be a vine, a living water into your house today. Amen. Amen. Why? Because we need to be transformed. We need to be transformed. My prayer is, if you haven't been drawing from the well of living water, that today your thirst would stir you and motivate you to draw from the well of living water afresh and anew. The Bible says, with joy, we will draw from the wells of salvation. I pray there's a refreshing for you today. I recognize that many come to church dry, overwhelmed by life, overwhelmed by decisions, overwhelmed by how long the journey has been, how long you've been standing for your dream, how long you've been believing God for. And in the midst of that, you too being hurt. In the midst of that, you too being mistreated or accused of something that wasn't true or, or something taken totally out of context or, or, or just the difficulty of life and things you never signed up for and bam, 
There you are in the midst of where in the world did this come from? How come this failed? Why, why, did, why did they go to heaven so early? And we go through all these things, and if we're not careful, we're not drawing from our well. We're constantly in battle mode. We're constantly trying to just make by and get our nose above the water. Amen. And God has so much more for us. Amen. There's a refreshing available for you today. Amen. Then don't keep it to yourself. This joy, this freedom, this hope must go beyond these walls. And the promise is that when you reach out, when you bless others, when you love others, when you serve others, when you send your fruitful vine over the wall, amen, over these walls, your family will experience the abundant blessings of God. I love that. Acts, Acts 4.13 always impacts me. Acts 4.13 says, and they took note these men had been with Jesus. How did they know? What did these men do? How would they connotate and, and put together and connect the two that, that, that what they were doing and how they were living and how what they were saying, that they would connect it back to Jesus? What was it about their life that they just absolutely knew these men had been with Jesus? See, if people, can't, if, if people can't just come to church and sit under this ministry and hear, hear great singing and hear anointed messages and it changes nothing, something's wrong with that. Something's really wrong with that. See, in rereading Joseph's story, I read about the dream that Pharaoh had that God used Joseph to interpret. And the dream was that the king saw seven skinny cows and seven fat cows. And the seven skinny cows ate the seven fat cows. And in the dream, something unusual happens. You couldn't tell any difference in the skinny cows, even though they ate the fat cows. Genesis 41, 21 says, And when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were still as ugly as before. Wow. Yeah. I can't help but wonder how many people come to church Sunday after Sunday, sing a few songs, hear an anointed message, but no one would ever know. They go home and their family doesn't know they were at church. They go home and they still have the same foul language they had before they left home. They're living the same old bitterness and the same old unforgiveness. They're living in a cynical world and they, they're, they're overwhelmed by life. You'd never know. You'd never know that they came out of a life-giving place. Either the messages here are not good enough or they're not, we're not doing our job right or somehow you're not receiving, amen, because oftentimes there's just no change. Amen. We're going back to the same dark places. We're hanging out with the same, yeah. you know, negative, yeah. beat down people. Amen. And there's no change in our lives. And we're dealing with the same old, same old, not allowing God and his word to make a difference in our life. You're getting quiet on me now. Come on, somebody. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't come in the presence of God week after week and we're still as ugly on the inside as we were before we knew Christ. Something's wrong with that. If you're taking in and taking in and taking in and you're still as skinny as you were before you knew Christ, right? Something's wrong with that. 
Something has to change. Something has to grow. Something has to understand about our lives with God. We're not supposed to just express and celebrate our joy and celebrate transformation here in this room. We need to take what God is doing and take it beyond these walls. Amen? Amen. Something's wrong when we can do this week after week and remain the same. See, my concern about the church, capital C, the universal church, the church at large, is what I see on an ongoing basis. I see it here at IFC, is that oftentimes we become ingrown. We do. We become ingrown. And what I, what I compare ingrown church, people that are ingrown, it's like when you have an ingrown toenail. Ever have an ingrown toenail? Ever bump it? Ever shout and scream and say some words you wish you wouldn't have said because it hurts so bad? If you, an ingrown toenail, and especially if it's left alone, it becomes infected. And, 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 and everywhere you go, everything you touch, it's just so sensitive. There's some Christians that are just so flipping sensitive. They're sensitive about everything. Man, just touch them a little bit. Say something that they, they don't quite understand. And man, boom, there they go all over you, right? Because they're ingrown. They're bored. There's nothing worse than a bored Christian. There's nothing worse than a Christian who's ingrown. Taking all the blessings to yourself. This is good for me. This is, all oh, that's good for me. That's good meat for me. Isn't that wonderful? And we get all the chill bumps and we raise our hands and do all the things we Christians do and the loud branch like we are, the body of Christ. We do what we do and we shout and we do all these things. And something's wrong when we are just so touchy, yes. so sensitive. It's a symptom of being ingrown. Maybe you should consider, maybe you're ingrown. Maybe you're not taking what God has given you week after week after week, and no one would ever know that we got fed so well today. But the moment you begin to go back to the mission, the moment you go back and rehearse the purpose of why we're here, the moment you recognize and you realize, I've gotten away from the mission, I've gotten caught up in the cares of this world, I've got caught up in my financial challenges. I got caught up in my broken heart. I've got caught up in my, my loneliness. I got caught up in my anxiety and my fear. And I got caught up in all of this. And I, I made it all about me. And the world is revolving around me. And, and oftentimes, because we've gotten so distracted, we need to go back to the mission. We need to go back to the last words that Jesus spoke to us. Amen. In Mark 16, 15, to go everywhere and share the gospel with everyone. He didn't say stay put and keep quiet. Jesus expects us to go beyond these walls and share his message of love. What was our big takeaway again? Let me remind you. The joy of living for Jesus is not just going to church. It's when we get so full of living water that we can't help but share our joy with others. Wow. We're so much healthier when we stop throwing pity parties and we start throwing vines. <laughs> That's good. Amen. When you will stop throwing your pity party and you'll start throwing that vine over your wall, 
you'll start taking that fruitful part of your life, your gift, your love, your service, amen, your desire to help somebody else. When you start blessing your world, let me tell you something, it changes you. See, if you're going through a divorce, the best thing you can do to make sure that the depression and the anxiety of, the, of, of all that you're going through, your broken heart, the best thing you can do in the midst of that is throw a vine to somebody else going through a divorce. Throw a vine to somebody else who's on the verge of depression. You're going through chemotherapy. You know what you should do? In the midst of going through chemo, you know living water is going to help you. Living water is taking care of you, but somebody else needs it too. Throw your vine. Come on, throw your vine. Be a blessing to somebody else. Make sure you're taking yourself and you're, you're, you're throwing out the blessing of God to others around you. Why? Because beyond these walls are opportunities to give. Beyond these walls are opportunity to bless, to love, to show kindness, to encourage, to tell others about the joy and hope you have, to give them a drink of living water. Oh, yes. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. I love that. See, something happened. Let me close with this. Something happened that needs our attention that took place five generations after Joseph. Five generations after Joseph. We're about to read about a man named Naboth. Naboth. Naboth had this amazing garden. A garden that was so fruitful, a garden that got his neighbor's attention, who happened to be the king of all Israel, King Ahab. King Ahab kept looking over at his garden and thinking, I got all these people that are taking care of my garden, and why is Naboth's garden look so good? Why is his vineyards so healthy and so fruitful? And maybe I'm thinking as I look at this, this picture, he's thinking, oh, it must be. You know, we would think, well, he must have a green thumb. Or he must have some special fertilizer I don't know about. And we're thinking that all these other natural things of why his vineyard is so prosperous. So King Ahab wants to know. In fact, King Ahab is so impressed with his vineyard, he wants to buy his vineyard. He wants to make sure that that vineyard belongs to him. And we read in 1 Kings 21.3, but Naboth replied, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my ancestors. Wow. I can't. I have a spiritual inheritance, and it's not for sale. Out of all the things he could have said, Well, yeah, you could, uh, yeah for the right price, I'll sell it. Or um, give you my secret for why it's so good. The fact that he described it as an inheritance says to us he knew why he was fruitful. He knew why he was so blessed. He knew where that came from. He knew it wasn't his green thumb or some special fertilizer. It was actually his spiritual inheritance. Do you realize you have a spiritual inheritance? Whether you're first generation spiritual inheritance, second, third, or fourth generation spiritual inheritance, I realize today the reason why the Del Turcos are blessed is because my grandparents and how they threw their vine over the wall. Italian immigrants serving God, making sure that they made sure their house was the hub. Yeah, 11 kids, and they still had missionaries stay with them. They still had outside pastors who came to preach at the church stay with them. Right? They were always giving. 
Verna's parents, always giving. Grandparents, always giving. My parents, pastoring, evangelism. Uh, my father oversaw 6,000 churches worldwide at one point in time in charge of his denomination. Missionaries to Europe. Amen. I'm a byproduct of my grandparents and my parents making sure they always threw their vine over the branch. My children, my grandchildren are blessed today. They walk in the favor of God today. Why? Because years ago, generations ago, the vine was thrown over the wall. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. I don't think this is my doing. I don't think I'm such a great leader that I've got such a great call on my life. While I thank God for all of that, I realize what my spiritual inheritance is. You have a spiritual inheritance. You might be first generation spiritual inheritance. Then you rock it for all that it's worth. And you realize that you were the, you were the one that drew the line. You were the one that said from this day forward, it might not be in my parents, it might not be in my grandparents or my great-grandparents, but I'm starting a spiritual inheritance. I'm starting a, a, a plush vineyard. I'm next to the well, the well of living water. And I'm going to make sure that I am so prosperous and so blessed. I'm going to keep throwing my vine over the wall. And the blessing is, and the, re, and, the, and the reward is, that when you keep blessing God and you keep blessing other people, God will make sure he keeps blessing you. I love that. For your children and your children's children. Isn't that a great enough motivation to get beyond these walls? It sure motivates me. Absolutely. Today, let's accept the challenge of making sure IFC that we're not ingrown. Let's make sure we take the challenge of reaching beyond our walls. Let's make up our minds to share the well of living water with everyone we can, every time we can, every way we can. You need to stir up living water today. I really prayed for you and prayed that, 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 that every one of us that are here today, at whatever season we find ourselves, and whatever level of dry or fruitfulness or joy or, or discouragement that you find yourself in today, that you would, be, make, you would make a demand on heaven today and be refreshed and be restored and drink long and drink hard Amen. Listen to the answer Jesus gave the desperate woman at the well. She was at the well at noonday. Nobody goes to the well at noonday. It's too hot. But she didn't want to be confronted by anybody of her neighbors. She was embarrassed about her life. Dysfunctional. Failed marriage after failed marriage. She had a reputation and nobody wanted to be around her. She didn't even be around anybody else. But the day she went to the well, Jesus went to that well. She went to the well because she was thirsty in the natural. Jesus went to that well because he wanted to let her know there was not just thirst in her, there was an eternal thirst. There was a thirst that that water in that well would not quench. And here's the answer to Je that Jesus gave her. But whoever drinks the water I give will never be thirsty. The water I give you will, spring, will become a spring of water, gushing up inside that person giving eternal life. You came to church with a trickle, you're going to go home with a gusher. You came to church with a little sprinkle of life, 
Amen. And I get it. We've all been in those dry seasons. We've all been in those seasons where, man, we're just doing our best to get up and doing our best to go to church and doing our best to get up, and there's not a whole lot of joy in what we're doing. I believe there's a gusher waiting for you today. You need the gusher. God wants to give you the gusher. Amen. As we yield to him. Amen. The Lord is saying to us today, I'll keep take care of your family if you'll just keep reaching out beyond these walls. If you'll just keep loving beyond these walls. Don't keep Jesus to yourself. Don't keep living water to yourself. Reach out beyond these walls and watch the blessing of God that will come into your life. Beyond these walls. Have you learned something today? Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's make a demand of living water today. Raise those hands towards heaven today. Begin to praise Him. Begin to magnify Him. Begin to thank Him. Oh, Lord, I'm so grateful for the new life that I have. I'm so grateful for living water. And begin to praise Him. Come on, talk to Him for a minute. Ask Him. Say, Father, thank You for restoring my joy today. I stir up the joy of the Lord in my heart today. I stir up Your plan today. I rehearse Your mission today. I get back to my purpose today. I get back to recognizing that You are an awesome, good God. My neighbors need me. I can't just drink from my own well. My neighbors need what I have. My neighbors need the my vine. My neighbors, my neighborhood, my community, the people that I work with, the people I go to school with, the people I associate with. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for making me a bountiful vine. Thank you for making me prosperous. Thank you for making me, Lord, full of life. May I not keep it to myself. Come on, stir yourself up for a moment today. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you for making us fruitful to get beyond our walls and bless our world in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. With every head bowed, please. Pastor Josh will come in just a moment to close the service before he does. I want to make sure that you have living water living on the inside of you today. I want to make sure that Jesus lives in your heart, that you're right with God. Heaven is your home. Your sins are forgiven. That you have a brand new life in Christ. Perhaps you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus. Never opened up your heart to Him and invite Him into your life to transform you, to change you from the inside out. Let today be the first day of the rest of your life to make sure that Jesus is alive in you today. You say, Pastor, I need prayer. I want to make sure that my heart's right with God. I want to make sure my sins are forgiven. I want to make sure that heaven is my home. I want to be right with God. I need joy. I need eternal life. I need living water. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. Will you raise your hand so I'll know who you are today? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Yes, sir. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Who else today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Raise it up high. God bless you today. Yeah, back there. Thank you. I see it. Over here. Thank you. God bless you. Who else? Awesome. Man, God's so good today. So make sure that you open up your heart to Him today. Salvation belongs to you. Living water belongs to you. Forgiveness belongs to you. Living water belongs to you. Anybody else today? It's my first time, Pastor. I'm ready. I'm ready for a new life in Christ. I'm ready for new opportunities. I don't ever want to be the same. 
Thank you, Father. Join us online, please. We're going to pray in just a moment. And those of you that will say, yeah, I've lived in such a dry place. I find myself really in a dry, difficult place right now. I just pray that when we pray today and you stir your heart, you surrender back to God, that you'll have a refreshing in your life. A gusher will hit in your life today. And you realize the joy that there is in serving others. The joy of living your life much bigger than yourself. Living life large and living life big. It makes all the difference in the world today. Let's all pray this prayer together. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. I need living water. I declare. And I confess today that I turn my back on my past. I ask you to forgive me from all my sins. I need you, Jesus. I declare you as my Lord, my Savior. From this day forward, I will serve you. I receive by faith my salvation, forgiveness of sin, eternal life. I love you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God praise this morning. Thanks for listening. To follow our next series, please subscribe or follow us online at intlfamilychurch.com. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast with friends and family. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.